cross, and Dempsey is denied again, and Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! Catabel, la vaca, Ama Rodríguez tirando, golazo, taque, 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 gol, gol, vino, 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 gol de Mundial, taque, taque, gol, gol, taque, taque, gol, 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 taque, taque, gol. Oh, Zinedine, oh, Zinedine, pas ça, pas du tout, pas ça, Zinedine. Pas ça, Zinedine. Oh non. Oh non, pas ça. Bonvenue. Bienvenido. Dobro pajlovat. Dobro dojli. Benvinda. Welcome to Bend It Like Beckett. I got them all, Brian. All the winners from the weekend. That was impressive. Yes, we had French for France. Spanish for Uruguay, Russian for Russia, Croatian for Croatia, Portuguese for Brazil, and Flemish Dutch for the Belgians. I didn't think you could do it, but you've you've impressed me. Yeah, and that was on the first take. You know, I could have stopped and re-recorded, but I didn't. I can attest that he did not stop and re-record. That was all first take. And I am Scott Bedgood. This, my co-host, is Brian Fleischer. It's Bend It Like Beckett, Bilbos e Bilbas. You had to get that in. I had to get it that in. What a weekend of World Cupping. It was fun. This is, a, this is why the World Cup is so great. Yeah, and I said that many of the knockout round games could be boring, and that was not, mm-hmm. not true for several of the 1-1 games for a good portion of them, but they ended up being super fun. They made up for it. Yeah, yesterday's... Uh, Croatia and Denmark after they each team scoring a goal really early. Uh, they they certainly had their chances, but it, it, it kind of got a little. They went like a hundred minutes. Yes, goal. Yeah. I guess they went a hundred and sixteen minutes with no goals because they scored. True, and but, scored but, but, but a miss, minute. but a miss penalty. Yes. Yeah. So so yeah, that was. Um, it's been an unbelievable set of games we'll run through those quickly and then we have a couple topics we want to address one is is neymar becoming a heel is he becoming the wrestling villain that everyone should hate and then two is Kylian mbappe talk because he's good he's very good and he's very young and we'll talk about how that affects his um hobby prospects and uh, just topics related to that, we may touch. We may touch on Harry Kane as well in hobby new hobby talk. Yeah, we should. We we could and, talk and about Harry Kane. Truthfully, football might be coming home. By the time I, someone listens to this, they'll know how close football is to coming home. Hamez apparently not playing tomorrow. Yes, so, so we can get into that too later. Yes. So, real quick, Saturday featured what I thought was that was me this time. Important me. Saturday featured what I thought was the game of the tournament mm-hmm. until this Belgium Japan game that yeah. literally just <laughs> ended. But France four, Argentina three. France finally got out of second gear. Yeah. Argentina, for a little bit, actually looked like the team that we thought they were, but they just unfortunately looked like that against maybe the best team in the tournament. Yeah, it was a really, really exciting second half of uh of action mm-hmm. in the first game of the knockout uh, in the knockout round um with possibly the goal of the tournament yes benjamin pavard mm-hmm. with the uh coming in from the right back the ball bounces out to him and he 
sort of slices it on the half volley. The outside of his boot? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he kind of cuts across it. If yeah. you watch the, the slow-mo replays of the ball spinning backwards and just it was going. Awesome. It was a beautiful goal. Uh, one thing it, it brings to light about this tournament, the broadcasting has been excellent. The camera angles are amazing. Yeah. It just looks so good. Mm-hmm. And you can get every angle possible. It's great. Uh, but besides that Pavard goal, it was all about Kylian Mbappe. The, yes. The, the first goal was a penalty by Griezmann, but that penalty was won by Mbappe by just being the fastest guy on the field. He took off, and I, I actually rewinded that play and watched it two or three times. It's just unbelievable. Because he, he, he gets the ball in his own half and then takes like two or three steps, and, and, and he's already outrun one guy. And, and kind of kicks the ball ahead, and then he outruns another guy, and then he kind of kicks the ball ahead. He's he just kicking it and going to get it. Yeah, and he has something that, you know, it's not just speed. We talk about a guy like Juan Cuadrado, who has sort of been a disappointment throughout his career because he's so fast and does kind of have some handles, but he doesn't have that killer instinct or that one last thing to convert that speed into in product all the time, goals, yeah. assists. It appears that Mbappe at age 19 has that. Yeah. So he wins the penalty by just beating everyone in the field, gets fouled um, as he's going into the box. So that's a penalty for Griezmann to convert. Then Pavard, Pavard with the amazing goal. Uh, when France was down 2-1 to one after Di Maria actually Di had, Maria had a really, really good goal right goal. at the end of the first half. So he has that goal. Then Mercado scores for Ar- Argentina. And then we're looking at 2-1 Argentina. And very quickly, France turned that around with the Pavard goal in the 57th minute. And then after the Pavard goal, you had Mbappe scoring twice in four minutes. And it was 4-2, to two, and that was it, it for Argentina. And then Guerrero added a garbage-time goal. With a beautiful pass from Messi. Yeah. But it, it showed, I mean, again, like Guerrero didn't start that game. Who knows what's going on? As someone said, we're probably going to hear a lot of stories about the problems within that Argentina yeah. camp. Somebody will write a book, or it'll come out in one of Messi's books here in the future. Yeah, or maybe Sampaoli will write another book. Yes. Uh, so that was what we thought was the goal of the turn or the uh, the game of the tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uruguay Portugal ends up being a good game, not super exciting. No. Uh, Cavani with two scoring very early in the seventh minute, um, kind of off his head, face, mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. shoulder, chest. It's kind of an odd. I mean, it was a nice goal, but it was kind of odd. Couldn't really tell where it where it came off of. Um, Pepe equalizing yes. in the fifty fifth minute before Cavani crushed him again before going off with a calf injury. Yeah, that could be huge. And yeah. that that's that uh, second goal from Cavani was beautiful. The way he shaped his body, got around it, you know, on the run, curled it in. I mean, it was. That's what Cavani. That's what Suarez. Those guys can do. They can, you know, Uruguay wasn't exactly dominating that game. No. But you give them one one second, I think it was a turnover in the midfield from Pepe, mm-hmm. and within, you know, five seconds, Cavani has a pass laid off to him, and he can curl it into the, the net. So Uruguay is a very dangerous team, and uh, so they win that game. Portugal's out. Argentina's out. Messi and Ronaldo both gone. But interestingly, we were talking earlier that Ronaldo picks up a yellow card late in that match when there's still plenty of time to equalize yeah, and go on to a minute and a half two minutes sure yeah, you know they plenty absolutely. i see yeah but he, he there was time enough to score a goal mm-hmm. take it to extra time and, and see what happens but this second yellow card 
would have missed the quarterfinals? Yes, he would have been suspended if they had a one. Uh, that is a, that's something I do have a problem with. I think yellow cards need to reset between group stage and knockout round. You go six games and you only have two. You only get two oops as yeah. a player, he, he, especially as a defender or mm-hmm. a midfielder. That's I mean. Yellow cards happen sometimes. Sometimes yeah. you have to make that foul. Mm-hmm. It's not cynical. It's not whatever. You just have to make that foul. It becomes a yellow card. And twice in six games, I mean, that's big. It's pretty harsh. But Ronaldo's would have been pretty inexcusable because it was for dissent. Mm-hmm. Uh, on It wasn't an egregiously bad call. I actually thought it was a good call. The announcers yeah. thought it wasn't a good call on a foul with Charisma there on the, on the wing. Where he jumped. And kind of yeah, it was it was not one that Ronaldo should have gotten a yellow for, mm-hmm. but he did, and that would have been a big story. But uh, it ended up not being. Uruguay moves on. The two best players in the world are out of the tournament. Uh, Mohamed Salah was out of the tournament already, so that's three of maybe the five best players in the world mm-hmm. already gone. Um, you now just have Neymar, and and if you want to throw Hazard in there, or um, you know some of these other guys, Modric, Modric, you know some of these other guys are still in it, but. The two consensus best players in the world are out. And so we'll see if Neymar, who's been playing well, we'll, we'll address that in a second, and we'll, we'll uh, focus on his play. Final World Cup for both? Has Well, I would say has to be, but I really don't think so. You think? I, 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 I don't I, think Messi puts himself through it again. Yeah, I, I think Messi might not want to do it again. Yeah. I think Ronaldo will still be in good enough shape, and I think Ronaldo has a place on that team as long as he wants it. Mm-hmm. Let's say in four years he's playing in uh, China or mm-hmm. something. I think he still says, I want to be on the team. I don't have to start. Or maybe he does say he has to start. But I yeah. think Portugal puts him on the team no matter what. Argentina with Messi, I think that's such a... I don't know. I think the difference is that Portugal got the European type championship. Mm-hmm. So Ronaldo, there's less of a monkey on his back. There's less pressure. Yeah. So he can kind of sh- say, I'm coming in there. Like, okay. With Messi and Argentina, it's such a messed up relationship. There's so much tension there. Yeah. You're right. I don't think he puts himself through it again. So he may be done. I think he should. I mean, I don't see him. I th- I say if he plays in the next tournament, the Copa uh, America or mm-hmm. whatever it is, then he's probably hoping to play in another World Cup. But if not, then I think he just internationally retires next week or whenever he thinks about it for a little Sempoli while. Sempaoli survive? I think we talked about this earlier that or earlier in a, an earlier episode of the podcast that apparently there's a huge buyout clause and he still has something like I want to say three or four years left on his deal and if the if they want to let him go or they want to fire him they've got to pay him a twenty million dollar release clause um, so maybe they it, come together come to an agreement that this maybe, is not yeah. best for either one of us so let's work out something where we don't pay you 20 million dollars but i don't we'll think sapaoli thinks that there's a situation that's best for him that doesn't involve him getting 20 million dollars <laughs> you know the, these faas don't really have the money of a chelsea or something like mm-hmm. that you know they they've even had i think argentina's had some money issues with mess messi some of these guys have been really upset with the way they've been treated yeah. monetarily so I don't think they have just twenty million to throw around. So I think Sampaoli is around for a while. They obviously believed in him enough. I don't know necessarily why. I don't have anything good or bad about that. Uh, obviously, he didn't handle this whole situation very well. But yeah, I think he survives just from the money angle. Yeah. So moving on in the next day's games, the the upset of the tournament. I've read maybe the biggest upset in World Cup history. Yeah. Russia 
beat Spain in penalties. Something didn't look right with Spain. They just never really clicked. It all started to go terribly wrong when they fired their coach right before the World, the day before the World Cup. Yeah, and I think that that can't be ignored. However, if this happens with Lopetegui mm-hmm. as the head coach, then the talk is, why did they keep him around? Obviously, these players don't want to play for him because yeah. he's a Real Madrid coach. I'm not saying it would have happened. Maybe he makes a difference. Mm-hmm. But it's still the same players, and they just looked... The difference between the way Spain played against Russia, a heavy favorite against a an underdog, and the way Belgium played against Japan was stark. Now, we'll get into that in a little bit, the way Japan did jump out to a 2-0 lead, but Belgium had a ton of chances that yeah. they blew. A lot of shots on goal or chances in the box. Spain just passed the ball around. I mean, that's what they do, but yeah. there was there was no teeth. Yeah. They weren't trying to score, it seemed. They said, oh, we got one, so we're good. Then An they, own goal. It wasn't even... Right. It wasn't was that even a beautiful that, goal? No, not at all. Even though Sergio Ramos tried to claim it. <laughs> he celebrated like he touched <laughs> it, and he did not touch Didn't the ball. Didn't do anything. Goal off a corner. <laughs> um, the 38, almost 39-year-old defender, Ignacevic, with the own goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a penalty on a handball to PK that drew Russia level. And then, you know, the second half, I guess, you know, Spain didn't really press that hard. No. Then it goes to overtime. There's just not much there. That was This was probably the most boring game in the tournament. Yeah. I would say it definitely was. Uh, and then you get into penalties, and anything can happen. Yeah. And Akinfaev with... I, I mean, I really think that was an unbelievable save on the final go- shot from Iago Aspas, where he saved it with his foot, his yeah. trailing foot, and saved it... Now, I don't know how much he knows about where he's kicking the ball, but it goes way outside the goal. Like, he didn't kick it with his foot, and it, it trickles in the other side. Yeah. I'll give him credit because it happened. Yeah. But that was amazing. Think he could do it again? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> give him 100 times to do that again. <laughs> I've obviously never been a, a, trained as a goalie, but it really does look like they're trained to, when they're diving, to leave their feet dragging because there was a save in the Croatia-Denmark game that was the same, where the goalie saved it with his trailing foot. Yeah. So obviously there's some training there that that goalies do, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. But yeah, so that game, huge upset. Russia moves on. The host country momentum continues. It doesn't keep going, does it? I, I mean, we've been saying Russia's terrible for a long time, <laughs> and they keep proving us wrong, but they're, I don't know. I, I guess not. They play Croatia next. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I can't. It's got to stop. It's got to stop. We'll talk about this in just a second. Croatia, Denmark scored two goals in the first four minutes, or a goal each in the first four minutes, and then nothing for 160. And they all just kind of hung out and sat back, and a few chances here and there. Um, Denmark had a really clear opportunity, I believe, mid of the first half. Uh, on a cross right in front on a volley in the in the in the in the kind of right at the penalty spot, maybe a little off to the side, and guy missed it with his left foot, and then he missed it with his right foot and <laughs> put it like 30, 30 seats up. So yeah, thirty rows up. So I would say you're talking about can Russia continue? Croatia looked very tired. Yeah, they had no teeth for about sixty minutes of that game. Uh, Mario Mandzukic, my favorite, looked exhausted at about the 70 minute mark well they sent his backup home right right and and that, i was going to say that like is that going to be a concern it, it, it obviously it has to be a concern if you don't have a backup striker 
and your main striker who is great but is in his 30s and every game i've watched about the 70 minute mark he looks like he can't go anywhere because he goes really hard when he's in yeah but about the 70 minute mark he starts walking around he looks very tired and it would be the perfect time to bring on a backup striker which they don't have yeah so maybe russia's run does continue because croatia might be a little tired surely not surely not but man how about arguably the best player in the tournament prior to yesterday Luka Modric stepping up and missing a penalty. Right. And, and But you have to give him credit. That penalty was created by his pass. Yeah. Uh, Denmark was dominating that halftime. Denmark looked the team that was going to score. And Modric pops up out of nowhere. I believe it was a turnover in the midfield mm-hmm. or something. He gets the ball, slides a perfect ball through. I believe I think it was the sub, uh, Badele, I think is how you say his name. Takes it around the keeper. We've talked about this. I am not really sure why that's not a red card. Explain this Something rule you read about. It was um, in 2016, I believe they they tried to they decided to change the rule. Um, uh, previously, on a goal scoring opportunity like that, um, the team would get the penalty, the player would get the red card and be sent off, and the player would miss the be next yeah. be suspended for the next game. So they called it kind of the triple triple. Jeopardy. Jeopardy law uh, rule. Um, so they changed it to if if the player is playing the ball and is the last defender, then it's only a yellow card um, to try and lessen the severity of the consequences of, of doing something that. They, they made reference uh, in the article I read to Suarez in the last World Cup kind of using his hand to to block a goal. That in was a 2010 World Cup. 2010, yeah. okay. So yes, that was 2010. That he would be, um, that is still a red card offense. If he goes in and... If it's egregious. Yeah, if he so, tackles the guy, yeah. literally tackles the guy to to save a goal. Um, but if you make a play on the ball, and it was pretty quick too, right? I mean, they he didn't even, I mean, he pulled out a yellow card pretty quick. It yeah, wasn't, I think so. It he was even, certain about it. Which yes. I, I, okay, so I didn't know that rule. I still am not really sure. I agree with the rule. I think maybe you should say, okay, you're not suspended, but he stopped a clear game-winning goal-scoring opportunity. Yeah. There was nothing between the player and the goal. He tackles him from behind. That that saved the game for his team. Yeah. But it was an offense. It was an illegal move. He illegally brought the guy down from behind. Should have been a red card because Modric then has the penalty saved. It was a great save by Schmeichel. It wasn't yeah. a great penalty, but it was still a very good save by Schmeichel. Then for the next four minutes, Croatia has the ball and is is looking to score, and they should have had a man advantage. It ended up not wor- mattering because in one of the best shootouts I've ever seen, Subasic makes three saves, Schmeichel makes two saves, yeah. and Croatia wins. Yeah, and 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 had Denmark pulled that one off, you could argue that that was the play of the game, was that tackle, that yeah. goal-saving, game-saving tackle, mm-hmm. and that's, I guess, why you do it. you got to take a chance. Right, and it's the same It's the same idea with the Suarez handball where, uh, you know, in 2010, he saves a clear goal with his hand. Mm-hmm. He gets red card, they get the penalty, and he's suspended. Per- perfectly okay with that. Uh, Asamoah Gian misses the penalty. Then it goes two penalties, and Uruguay wins the penalties. I'm okay with that because... Suarez was fully punished. Yeah. He got punished to the fullest extent of the law and he knew what he was doing. And I think that was actually a genius move by Suarez. A lot of people still use that to say he's a bad player. Put it, put it There's on, a lot of other yeah. things he's done. I think that's not one that you should put in the category of biting another player. Yeah. He helped his team win. Biting another player hurts your team <laughs> and hurts the other player and is unbelievably like the mindset. We don't need to get into that. The point is, 
I think the handball was a genius move, but he was fully punished. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Moving on, speaking of being fully punished, Neymar wishes everyone in the world would be punished for looking at him. And just falling down. Just, I mean, this guy. I, I know he gets kicked a lot, but I mean, every single he, time. It's one of those things where I always buck against the people who say, oh, these soccer players, they just roll around. Yeah. Like, it's so easy. It's so like you're not really watching the game. You just yeah. see someone fall. And I'm like, yeah, hey, have you ever been running full speed and had someone kick you in the shin? Yeah, with metal spikes on Yeah, like, <laughs> like that hurts really, really bad. Yeah. And yes, they might have embellished it to get the foul, yeah. but that's still a really painful thing, and you would be really upset if someone jumped in the air and stomped on your foot. Okay. And then there are also guys who sell fouls. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of gray area, and I don't like to focus on that because I think it's an annoying thing. Yeah. It is a problem, but it's annoying thing. When I watch Neymar play, I think, you know what? All these people are right. Yeah, it, it really takes away from... I, I used to enjoy watching him play, mm-hmm. and now I I don't. He's still obviously very skilled, argu- arguably top five player in the in the world. I mean, maybe. Th- there's you absolutely could argue- the argument that he's the third best player in the world. Yeah, you could, yeah. So, um, but it's really hard to watch him in these games. Even in the... Um, so the Copa America, where he got sent off. Um, I think so, yeah. Or, or maybe it was the Centenario. The, yeah, the, the one, one after. The US. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just always with the antics and the nonsense and the. Yeah, it, it, again, it, it takes away from the beauty of his play. Like mm-hmm. the the uh, the prototypical Brazilian, the Jogo Benito, the mm-hmm. like the player everyone wants to be and see and watch, and the tricks and the flair. Yeah. The, you know, the Ronaldinho at his best where it was like, I can't even fathom how this guy can do that. Yeah. Neymar is that, but Neymar's better than Ronaldinho was. He's a more driven player. But that element, that just constant complaining, the constant falling down. We're talking about all this because Brazil beats Mexico 2-0. Pretty expected result. But Neymar had several moments in the game that were just egregious. To be fair, on on the sideline, he did get stepped on. The he one that was the most on. ridiculous, I mean, where he was the most animated, he did get stepped on um, when the Mexican player was was coming over to yeah, pick up the ball. Miguel Ayun, yeah. Okay. He did get stepped on, but but he went into, like, convulsions it, yeah, for, like, he was, 30 seconds. I was, mean, it looked like... It looked like he was having a seizure. Yeah. I mean, the way the movements that he was making are not movements that anybody would make if yeah. they got stepped on. If you got stepped on, first of all, one, it doesn't hurt that bad. You would probably jump up and yeah. try to fight somebody yeah. if they did that to you in real life, or a lot of players in soccer would do that yeah. or any other sport. Or you would grab your your leg. Oh, that hurts so yeah. bad. Ref, this guy did. He was bucking <laughs> back and forth, throwing his head, screaming. And it was just... It was too much. It was just too much. Yeah. And that's what it is with Neymar. And and it's not just this, too. That's the other thing is he's not just diving. Mm-hmm. It's the way he's talking to other players. It's the way he's talking to his teammates. The the constant negativity, trash talk, like insulting the way he talks to refs. Yeah. And we talked about Neymar or sorry, Messi and Ronaldo are out of the tournament. Yeah. Considered the two best players in the world. Messi has never been seen as this kind of guy. He's never been the heel. He's always been the sort of clean cut, like the way he plays is beautiful. He doesn't typically argue. He doesn't typically dive. Yeah. He's 
cut, he's, uh, what am I trying to say, kicked and pushed and shoved and pulled as much as anybody in the world. Yeah. But he's not seen as this player. Ronaldo is kind of a mix. He's definitely will dive. He, yeah. he used to be a lot more uh, Neymar-y in this way, but I don't remember him yeah. ever being the absolute just heel that Neymar's become. The, the diving and the, the selling of fouls. Now, diving in the box, that's that's a whole different story. You're a whole different discussion, but the diving and the selling of fouls, some of that is, I think, part of the game. There's an but art to it. Yeah, but but it's the theatrics afterwards that just kill me. Yeah. Just, just so tiring to and, watch. And then the, you know, but then he pops up and does things like scores the goal mm-hmm. and gets the assist, and you go, this guy's unbelievable. Yeah. But, but I don't, you stop cheering for him by the 10th minute. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, I don't want this guy to win. No. Of course, we're not cheering for Mexico. We've, we've made that clear. We did not want Mexico to win. Yeah. There was a lot of me that was like, it would be kind of nice if Mexico beat Neymar. Yeah. But, it didn't happen. Neymar right. after the game said, you know, they did too much talking. Now they're on their way home. I mean, he's yeah. just, these things are not, I don't want to say they're not classy. I don't really care that much of a player is classy, but it's just, it's just something low about it's it. It's become a, a storyline here, um, especially in the last few games for Brazil, um, taking away from some good victories. Um, Hey, Just, I had a question real yes. quick. Who scored the second goal for Brazil? Um, some he was a bench warmer. Yes, Bobby, Bobby Firmino, Firmino came off the bench and scored. He's played like what forty-five minutes in the World Cup and been on the field for three of their five total goals. Okay, okay. Just saying. Hey, we know. Listen, that was a Neymar goal that he just poached. he was in the right place. You got to be in the right place at the right time. I guess it's a it's a big skill. Miroslav Klose made a career out of it. He did. Anyway, moving on to the game of the tournament. I thought we said that the the Argentina game was the game of the tournament. And then we saw this. It was. Belgium was on the front foot from the start. Oh, actually, that's not true. Japan came out kind of hot. Yeah. Had a couple shots. And you go, oh, okay. That, that was nice. Yeah. This then will Belgium, die down. Yeah. Belgium had several chances. Couldn't convert. Couldn't convert. And then out of nothing, Japan gets... Two goals in four minutes, the 48th and the 52nd minute. That second goal from uh, Inui, that's how I'm going to say it. Yep. Inui. He was awesome. That knuckle. Yeah. He is a long range shot that just knuckled right past Courtois. And he, did you see when he hit it? Mm-mm. He knew. Right when he hit it, he just started, <laughs> he started running. running. Away. Literally. I mean, it was like a walk off <laughs> home run in baseball, I mean, like bat flip. I mean, he yeah. just, he's probably never hit a ball as well in his life. <laughs> It's 2-0, and yeah. Belgium looked to be going the way of Spain. Yeah, it was not looking good for Belgium. Then they get rescued from the three probably least likely guys to score. I mean, Vertonghen will pop up with a goal. Well, and he'll score with his head every once in a while with, that, with his crazy hair. Yeah, but those guys weren't even on the... He wasn't even on the field. At, well, no, no at the, at the first one, no. And so Vertonghen with probably the longest header you'll see... And it goes. And it, this is accident. one of those. Was this an accident, or did he mean to do it, or was that a cross, or was he just trying to throw it back in the box? Either way, a ridiculous header that <laughs> kind of loops over the Japanese keeper and into the back corner. I kind felt of bad def- for him on that one. Yeah, There's kind nothing of he can do. Deflects off the post a little bit, skims the back post, and in for a two, two to one, and it's game on. It's game on. 
then Belgium really was was feeling it. Hazard with a great cross and so the subs made by Roberto Martinez, who has caught a lot of flack for just being Roberto Martinez, he puts on Nasser Chadley and Meron Fellaini. When they have Batshuayi on the bench, they have Yanazai on the bench. They have all kinds of attacking people and yeah. the goals. And he puts on two like defensive midfielder kind of players. Yeah. Not attacking players. Well, he's a genius because Fellaini <laughs> gets his head on the ball. It's two to two. And then that last minute yeah off a japanese free kick that was really really good keisuke honda shot the ball on a free kick from like 45 yards and 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 almost scored yeah made courtois make a save which led to the corner Corner. correct um which led to um the corner coming in Courtois getting it and quickly not taking his time here in the in the waning seconds yeah, of think, the game. I think he he caught it with uh, so the reformers established time. I think it was ninety three thirty or something. Yeah, thirty seconds. Left. Yeah, rolls it out to De Bruyne, right, and comes I down. So, yeah. just starts charging down. Um, and then who did he put it off to? I'm not sure who got the cross in, but the cross comes into Lukaku, who for. All the world looks like he's going to try to put it in. He's got a man on him. Yeah. And I don't think anyone in the world would blame him if he tries to put a shot on goal. It was amazing that he... But but he but does he dummies it. He dummies it, which was amazing to, to have the wherewithal to know that someone's coming behind my shoulder as I'm running across here in this light, waning seconds. I need to get a shot on goal. And I'm, I'm the team's goal scorer. Yes. I score all the goals. This is my time. Yeah. And he dummies it to a streaking... Chadley. Chadley wide open. Who puts it in. Who puts it in. And that's... Think about if he dummies that and Chadley isn't there. Chadley had checked his run. Mm-hmm. A defender. If Romelu Lukaku, the like you've just described him, the goal scorer, mm-hmm. dummies a ball and the guy to doesn't no one. score. Yeah. <laughs> he would never live that down in his no. life if Japan goes on to win. Yeah. But he dummies it to a wide open Chadley who scores... So Roberto Martinez's subs, Marouan Fellaini and Nasser Chadley, score the two goals yeah. that put them through, break Japanese hearts. Japan put an, a Herculean effort in. It, it comes to nothing, but that was the game in the tournament. That break, what did that remind you of? Uh, the Landon Donovan Absolutely. against Algeria? You said that every time. You always go, Algeria? <laughs> yes, Algeria. That came from Howard with a long throw. The break down the side and the pass to Dempsey, who mm-hmm. did shoot it. It was almost the same exact scenario where Dempsey has a man on him. He gets the shot off. It's saved. And then Donovan comes in and, and scores. Yeah, It's exactly like that. But if uh, Dempsey had dummied it to Donovan behind him or whatever. Yeah. But that same scenario where Lukaku probably could have gotten a shot that would have gone towards goal, most likely saved or deflected. But he should have shot it yeah. for all intents and purposes Mm -hmm. but he dummies it to chadley it's beautiful it's amazing that's you know what that might be the definition of a team that knows itself and he knew his teammates would be there you know maybe there's something to that maybe there's something to playing together long enough to know that yeah but man what a game that was great it's time for hobby talk what's that that's you singing it that's our um pre-produced segment and pre-produced announcement about hobby talk about hobby talk. so let's talk about Kylian mbappe so messi ronaldo they're out 
They're done. No one's going to collect them ever again. These, they're done. Sell Never. all of their cards. So who's the new Messi and Ronaldo? The new Messi, the French Messi, is it's Kylian Mbappe, the 19-year-old star from PSG. Um, soon to be 20. You know, he'll be 20 in, well, soon. He'll be 20 December, in December. Right? Yes. So, I don't know if we mentioned this earlier, he became the first teenager since Pele to score two goals in a World Cup knockout round. Have we heard of Pele? Is that a, a, a known he player? He is a good player. That he was a good. lot of people. I think my mother has heard of Pele. Yes. Yeah, so you might and, want to be compared to Pele. Yes, that, that's a good thing to be compared to Pele when you are 19 years old. Fair enough. Um, so being 19, he doesn't have a lot of cards and or stickers. Um, he's only got 88 cards in the database. Um, compared to Messi and Ronaldo and even Neymar, who have a couple thousand each. Now, of course, they've been around a lot longer. Um, Only 88 cards with a total combined value of $1,200, $1,265 if I want to be exact. So you could really go out and buy all his cards, except for the super low-numbered cards. He's got no autograph cards yet. Really? No, nothing yet. No memorabilia cards. Um his first sticker was in the 2016-17 Panini Foot League 1 League. sticker set uh. from so it was 16-17 two seasons ago. Yeah, that was not lo- not, I mean, he, not he, long ago. He burst on this onto the scene as mm-hmm. they say with Monaco. He was. This is he season. is pictured with Monaco. Right. It is a dual sticker card with Tell me what you know about Quarantine Jean. Are you familiar with his fine work? Quarantine? like C-O-R-E-N-T-I-N. I'm, I'm going to go with that's how you pronounce his first oh, name. I was thinking like when someone's sick and they no, uh, put it in a room. N- well, no. Quarantine John? No, I don't From know. From Monica. No, I don't know anything no, about him either. It, so I put you on the spot. Just, it's just Mbappe so and Quarantine Yeah, John. It's, a, it's kind of a dual sticker. That's like the, the Nolan Ryan and uh, who's the other guy in his car? Uh, Jerry Kuzman. Jerry Kuzman. Yes. Kuzman, I'm thinking, is a little better than this Quarantine John, but... Who knows? He maybe, might be 19 as well. Maybe Most awesome. 19-year-olds yes. aren't great yet. Yeah, so before the tournament, we were looking at this, and and I am a soccer collector. I was thinking, you know what? I need to get an Mbappe rookie sticker. But they were selling for like 25 30 bucks. I bet they're worth a little more now. They are. And I didn't want to pull the trigger at 25 or 30 bucks on a sticker. Now, if it was a jersey or an autograph yeah, yeah, or yeah. something. Um but now, after his performance thus far in the World Cup, looking at closer to 60 bucks, 40, 50, 60 bucks. Really? It's almost it's doubled. It, it's literally now that's what I'm saying. When when you've got guys who have a long pedigree or big pedigree, large pedigree, like like uh Messi, Ronaldo, mm-hmm. even Neymar to some extent, they've got to do something ridiculous. They've got to mm-hmm. go score a hat trick in the quarterfinal or, or score four goals in the semifinal for anything big to happen to their cards. Mbappe, highly touted prospect, if you want to call it, plays for a large, big team now. Um, he's got some famous teammates around him in Neymar and Cavani, um, Thiago Silva among... And, he, and he, he had a, I would say, probably an average year with PSG in his first yeah. year. He didn't set the world on fire. No, but all you have to do is perform on a world stage like this, and when you don't have many cards to get, people go after what he does have and that's yeah. why you know you see that where where it doubles um his first um most readily available 
card here in the United States was from um, 2017-18 Select, a product that came out earlier this year. Um, it was an $8 card a few weeks ago. That has also doubled to, to about $15. That's a little more affordable, a little easier to find. Um, but even that, we raised it to 18 or to $15, and it, and it is trending upwards. So they keep making this run, and, and Mbappe keeps playing the way he, um, the way he has been. He could be seeing some more up arrows on Mbappe cardboard. He looked pretty bright, and I think it was interesting. They were talking about Didier Deschamps' mm-hmm. um, tactical switches. Mbappe had been playing as the sort of lone striker, or you know, playing up top with I think Griezmann, mm-hmm. and he switched the formation to Giroud up top, and then you have Griezmann right behind him, and you have Mbappe on sort of a wing right attacking midfield position. Yeah. And then, weirdly enough, Blaise Matuidi, the defensive midfielder, playing also on the wing. Yeah. But that freed up Mbappe to have less pressure as the up-top guy, have Giroud be able to, you know, head the ball down or be an outlet for a cross. Yeah. And it seems to be working really well. Yeah. I'm very confident in my pick of France winning the World Cup. Are you as confident in your pick of Brazil winning the World Cup? No, now I kind of want France to win, especially after <laughs> watching Neymar these last few games. Um, real quick, let's let's touch on your favorite footballer, Harry Kane. Oh, so is he bringing football home? He is. He is attempting. He is doing his best with his five goals. So, r- real quick on Becca.com today, you can find a little quick hit note that I wrote um, about two stickers that you might want to try and pick up before the end of the World Cup. One of them is Mr. Ari Kane. Ari. Ari. His first sticker, 2014-15 Tops English Premier League stickers. You could have found it um, before the World Cup for about 3 bucks. Um, now they're approaching $10. It's his first sticker. Not super expensive, but one that he obviously has established himself as a star in the English Premier League. Um, he's got five goals thus far. England plays tomorrow um, against Colombia. So... That half of the of the of the bracket is a little weaker, as we're going to talk about here in a, in a in a few minutes. Um, so if he does bring football home, it could be a fifteen or twenty dollars sticker. So you may want to pick that up now. Uh, the a, a BGS nine five gem mint copy sold for one hundred and fifty dollars last week. So not too shabby for a three dollars sticker. Finally, your boy Philippe Coutinho. Hmm. That is another sticker you should pick up. This is a sticker that you should pick up, particularly his 2010-11 Panini Calciatore so when sticker. He, when he was on Inter Milan, Inter Milan, he's got fro. the he's got the the big fro, the big kind of Daniel Moscoso fro. That's a that's an extremely extremely inside, inside reference. reference Beckett reference. Um, has played well for Brazil. Had two goals. Uh, I believe now tied with Neymar for the team lead thus far after Neymar's goal. Today was his yeah. second. Um, this is one that's selling more um, in the six to fifteen dollar range. It's an easily. It's not difficult to find by any stretch. Um, the key thing to remember about him is that he's starting his first full season with Barcelona right. this year. So he did well last year in half a season with them, but was not able to play in the Champions yeah, League. Yeah, wasn't able to play in the Champions League, but I think that definitely aids his popularity. Is yeah, obviously going to the massive team of Barcelona. Absolutely, and playing in Champions League games will 
up that. Yes, uh, to he's a, got some very league. talented, very obviously talented teammates now. Not that not to take anything about off of uh, Liverpool and their roster, but to to pl- go from Liverpool to Barcelona uh, to get his first full season there. Um, if you could pick this up in that six to fifteen dollar range, there's certainly room to grow um, depending on how he uh, performs in his first full season in Spain. Yeah, and and. and They've got a big game now against Belgium. Mm-hmm. I think that Belgium, after that performance, we, you, were, you were talking about you kind of want to turn your back on Brazil. I think Belgium will be a lot of people's picks. A lot of people will mm-hmm. say, ooh, this Belgium. I mean, they struggled, obviously, but they they are just so good. Yeah, I like because half the of them are half the team is right. Chelsea. You know this, half the team is Chelsea. Hey, you players. can talk about Bobby Firmino, but Firmino, but I can't talk about Courtois. And well, Hazard they're all playing. And... You have no complaints. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Belgium, obviously, but the problem is that all these teams are on one side of the bracket. You yeah. know, Belgium has to play Brazil, France has to play Uruguay, then they have to play the winners of those games. That those teams have to play each other. Yeah. So one of those teams, one of France, Uruguay, Belgium, Barcelona makes the final. Barcelona. Barcelona. That would be that would be the story of that the would tournament. Be quite a story. <laughs> Messi's back. Belgium. He's back. Brazil, I believe, was the team I substituted <laughs> for the word Barcelona. Uh, that's Brazil. awesome. So that's up there with me calling it the Caribou Cup. That was pretty good. <laughs> so the other side of it is the easier bracket. It is. Uh, well, we say easier. Who knows? But bes- be- now that Spain is out, besides England, no team has ever won the World Cup. So that's exciting, right? That is exciting. And even England has been 52 years since yeah, they 66. won the World Cup. Yeah. So there's a lot of potential for a, a new team. I think that's one of the things that the World Cup sometimes lacks is, like we said at the beginning, you know, maybe our very first podcast, at the end of the day, at the end of the tournament, it sometimes just it, it has always been just five teams, six teams. Yeah, it's always countries. kind of Spain, Germany, Brazil. Right. Argentina, so, Italy. So there's only three teams. There were, there's four teams left that have won the World Cup. There's only three that have won it, or two that have won it um, in the last 50 years. Yeah. France and Brazil. Belgium's never won it. Uruguay has two wins, but they were both before they're like 1950 and 1930 or something like mm-hmm. that. So that's been a really long time. Like we said, England, 1966, and then the rest, all new teams. So that's really exciting. I think France will end up winning it, but if they don't and Brazil doesn't, we finally will have a you know something fresh. Yeah, winning the, a, team, a fresh team winning the World Cup. We've got to our final two games tomorrow: Sweden, Switzerland, Colombia, England. James will not be playing for Colombia. Yeah. By the time this is listened to, the audience will know the winners of these teams most likely. Who are they going to be? Do you know? Uh, so I'll. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm thinking Colombia, and I'm thinking. I think I said I would take Sweden, and you. Take yeah, I take Switzerland. So we'll see how that goes. Without Hamas, it'll be different. Yeah. It'll be interesting, but maybe football's coming home. It's all lined up for one of these teams. You know, Colombia could make the World Cup final. Imagine that. I mean, that's crazy. Sweden, Switzerland. Yeah. Very good chances. I think it's going to be Croatia. I think so too. They've they've. With exception of, uh, you know, like you said, they did look tired yesterday. So they'll get some rest now. They don't play again until Saturday. So, um, and they've, they've, they've got a tough Russia team and they will be 
the under not the underdog, but they're going to be entering the lion's den with the home home crowd for mm-hmm. Russia there. Um, but just to, some things to think about with that. Croatia, uh, looked this up, they have 4 million people total. Uruguay has about 3 million. Mm-hmm. Either one of those teams could make the World Cup final. I mean, Croatia probably has a better chance because they're on the, this side. But that's a, a very small country that was really, you know, depending on your how you want to view the history, not founded until... 1991 yeah that's when they declared their independence i mean this country has been around for 20 less than 30 years yeah they can make the world cup final that's awesome that would be really exciting Mm -hmm. now maybe england brings football home they have to go through no matter what happens is what i'm saying what i'm saying is no matter what happens it's going to be really exciting it is um unless neymar wins that's what i say yeah i mean i did pick neymar and brazil to beat spain in the final so, I've got Germany out. I've got Spain out. Still got Brazil there, but I I, I kind of want Belgium or France. I mean, there's some other there's some other teams now. Yeah, that I've, that have kind of hitched my wagon to. Yeah, it's uh, and and uh, that goes back to the heel discussion. Neymar is now the heel. He's the guy you want to cheer against, and maybe that brings more excitement to it all. And mm-hmm. maybe the World Cup final ends up being uh, Neymar. You know, in Brazil versus a team that's never won it, and everyone's cheering for the underdog. Yeah, but that that builds up excitement and drama. Yeah, and the World Cup could always use more excitement and drama. It's got a ton of it, and even when you don't expect it, Japan goes up two zero, and you think, you know, this is crazy. Japan's going to upset them. Belgium comes back and wins. Scores three goals in twenty minutes. So it's impossible <laughs> to predict. Is all I'm saying. And we will be watching it all. We will be discussing it all. And we will talk to you Thursday for a quick preview of the next games this weekend. There's no game Wednesday, no game Thursday. So we'll just do a quick 15 to 20 minute podcast. Get you all ready for the exciting weekend that is to come. But until then, I am Scott. I am Brian.